Yeah, my name is uh, Saida Smiley, um, and um, Saeed teaches wrestling and infused wrestling. Which uh, could you explain what you mean by infused wrestling? Infused wrestling is um, between three different systems of Olympic wrestling: Russian wrestling, Iranian wrestling, and USA wrestling. But in infused wrestling, we also look at a psychology and movement because, as well as my Olympic wrestling career. Um, I also danced for 27 years with the floor technicians and I studied dance and theatre um, initially before uh, going to the field of psychology. But as we know, in every sport, there is psychology involved. But I don't look at just performance of the psychology. I look at what happens outside of the mat, outside of the gym. And every single one of the sports I mentioned, we work with a super high level of the guys. But with a social project, we also got total beginners. So we meet at both ends. So predominantly, Sai's work is about chaos. And about the chaos, okay. Understand the chaos, order the chaos. Yeah we can only frame a dot in it so i don't i'm not a believer of any of the philosophers came down did the right thing or wrong thing the question is for me is wrong yeah. for the era of that time they framed a concept to to answer the problems at the time yeah do you understand yeah yeah so it would be judgmental to say the card was wrong because at the time they had series of a problem yeah. of the chaos with his own mysteries, then we managed to answer them with some of the ideas. So from that standpoint, we move away from the great narratives, we will fall into a field of useful ideas mm. for the time. So that's, that's where I'm radically different to other coaches. So when they ask yeah. me to prepare, I said, I don't have no preparation. I don't know your student. Yeah. I don't know where he comes from. I don't know if he's a risky guy. I don't, that's why I need to know his composition first. What, what is he culturally well, so like? You can't start teaching someone until you've met them. You, you need to. You can't leave a lesson plan or something. You need yeah. to meet them, find out. Including what like. say relationships. If I'm meeting someone, say she's beautiful. As I gotta say, and I don't know if she's beautiful until I spoke to her about seven months. Why okay. seven months? Say if I'm working. <laughs> yeah. If I'm working, you, you're working. You met someone. How long do you get to uh, spend? in the front of the theater of each other to talk to each other, because that's love predominantly gives you. You get that close connection of sitting in the front of their theater, right? Yeah. How long do you get that interaction there rather than just a surface of meeting someone? Because then honeymoon period kicks in. So your, your biology will kick in. Do you understand? What goes on in the person's reality now in neuroscience is dependent on their biology. Yeah. So I say, I don't know if that becomes beautiful until then, because some things you find very cute seven months later, oh, fuck, you know, yeah. like she's doing my head in or he's doing my head in, he's an yeah. asshole. It's like he was an asshole seven but months ago. You weren't aware of it. Because on your physiology was taken over. Mm. Yeah. So, so how does that theory apply to training people to wrestle? If I meet a person, I'm meeting a guy called Dan this afternoon. He's a boxer. I mean, why would you say like wrestling and boxing? Why? Do you understand? I need to meet him first. I yeah. gotta like, get to know him. I need to get to know his hips first. Do you understand? <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, people can't see my hands at all. I'm moving <laughs> left or right. His hips are important to me because in wrestling we attack the hips. Okay. And we work with our hips. But look at your walking. It's dependent on your hips, you know. So predominantly, so wrestling is an art of movement. Not the art of takedown. It's the art of standing on your feet. 
where the dancing comes from. Light feet, heavy hands. But a boxer has got light feet, heavy hands. We're not concentrating on just the tech technical side of it. Mm. We're talking about the position in his movement. So I will get to know Dan progressively every time I meet him. He will have little gridlocks. So, you know, it's like certain position he can't move, possibly. Which Said has. I have tight hip on my right because I got hip dysplasia. But my point is about your answering your question, Dan may have a tight hip. Yeah. So certain moves are not going to be good for him. So then he has to have the resilience to work around that. So how do we do that? So in terms of side coaching Dan for his boxing, I will be creating questions. Through those questions, we'll be working on creating concepts to answer what he needs. One of the things he does, he wants to close the gap or connections and disconnection, what we call in boxing or any other type of martial arts. So getting to know him is going to take time for Saeed. Getting to know Saeed for Dan is going to take time. Yeah. So predominantly is a relationship. And this is where, say, the losing Qatari's sort of philosophy will come into it. It was about the difference when two collisions. So me and his personality may collide. The difference in between, what happens in between, it is, it is the potentiality of the work. So my work is predominantly about new ideas and the potentials. You know, what are some profound coaches around? You know, they do great work. So they will work more as a sort of a painter. Painter will depict the picture precisely what they will see. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you compare, uh, metaphorically speaking, say Dr. F uh, Frankel spoke about the difference between the painter and the ophthalmologist, eye specialist, he will widen the view for you to be able to see more. And if you like, say, a technique or a position that you like to work in, then say if Dan this afternoon progressive before our relationship in six months time, he likes something as I widen up the window for him, then he will grab a technique. Let's just say for example of this talk, a low single leg attack in wrestling. With that low single leg attack, yourself, Alex, will play around with that. So that's very important for me playfulness not just plain attitude of a playfulness he you will go in places no one else has been there before which progressively you will kill Said in your head <laughs> killing the coach is my work yeah. so because one of the problems say on a psychological uh, uh, sort of standpoint for for athletes they will build up a mental crutch if the coach that? is not there he cannot perform oh right really okay so one of the typical examples would be Mike Tyson Mike Tyson was trained to do what he did, <laughs> yeah. right? When the coach went, he felt empty a lot. Precisely really? so, we all do. So you get detachments, you know, all, all this uh, different sort of grieving. We, all, we get that for how quickly he can recover. I'm very interested in that because that would be the resilience. I've got a colleague uh, called Lee Kemp from USA. He's one of the greatest uh, wrestlers ever lived and recently he posted up a quote about focus then he mentioned who two questions who are you willing to listen to and how far are you willing to change because by collision of two of us coming together what we talked about the losing guitar the difference in between yeah how willing are we when you me and i will come together we will change 
no doubts because you will give me some information i will give you some information through that process we will come up with new things hence i believe in talking even when it comes to our therapy therapy is okay temporary but we need to talk we need to we need to just go along with it see what what can we frame right to create create that concept so my work is more predominantly is more of an art so i would say philosophers in times that were being more towards being an artist mm-hmm. you know creating concepts for their era and time and a culture and the type of problems that they had then rather than a process of discovery so i know there's a lot of talk has been done but the question is why is it important for me to get to them because that was your question you know how is that theory is applied there do you see what i mean and notice in my talk we went through then it gets cloudy then you were thinking i see you getting more engaged and i like confusion <laughs> reason why because confusion is the chaos you're gonna have to learn to be able to find out what size is all about for instance i've got a divergent mind if i'm not particularly clear it is your job to get yourself in a in a resilient standpoint of i want to figure out what's going on because life is about uh, you know figuring out you, that seat you're sitting on, this microphone, is through problems. Just progressively, we found out, you know, which we come to the Edison's quote, you know, he, he, he had thousands of ways of telling you how he never managed, just something doesn't work, then he yeah. come out with an answer with one that worked. Yeah. Do you understand? So the process of ordering a chaos, we've got to have that good understanding there. I'm going to keep out of it. I'm going to frame the chaos, which that definitely comes into my wrestling when I'm teaching. Do you feel like people that you've taught, your students, you feel you're very close to them after you've taught them? Because it sounds to me like you're... It's interesting. No one has ever asked me that before. But um, give me a little good spibbles. Yes, because it's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have bad times. You're going to have good times. I embrace the bad times. I, I... provide space for conflicts yes mm. uh, conflicts is generally this is something people avoid which inevitable we're going to get conflict in life you know that's part of the relation that's part of the closeness i want to know where your weaknesses are same with the relationships i, I think alan the button says it the best you know first question on a date should be how mad are you how <laughs> weak are you <clears throat> because it's so easy to love strength of someone do you know how do you deal with the shortcomings so that that's that's important for me to know know if my students got shortcomings with relationships which a lot of us have love is important to me in in inside of my gym because a lot of my students often lose them when they break up from the relationships they don't know how to handle it they just like six, seven months, they're all over the place. How do we recover? We talking about. I was talking to my, um, based on recovery, I'm talking about here. I was talking to my, um, uh, a, a person I work with, uh, Dr. John Eaton. And we're talking about therapy and stuff. He mentioned something really, a little code, it was really nice. How do we get here? How do we get out of here? Do you understand? So that's really important for me to get that closeness with my relationship to see sometimes it's not a sports psychology, it's just personal psychology. But psychology itself is complex because if you go to the Freudian sort of a side, what is wrong with you? But if you go to the era of now positive psychology of Martin Seligman's work, now is what is right with you? 
but the both deep end of so bipolar is like two different ends there what's in the middle of it you know but what really affects you is your biopsychosocial model you know what's happening with the biology what's happening with the behavior psychology and the social environment going on there which now we will fall into say social project do you find anyone that you teach finds it a little bit too intense because i feel like you're really approaching things to, deep level yeah to really deeply get into someone's head do you find that sometimes I would, they won't know that they, they won't know that and this is more of a talk here so i i control the chaos i'm not interested in going in the chaos because i don't think we've got the tools to be able to understand that chaos and that it will, it will bring madness to you i will stay out of it i'm interested in say his hip is not moving properly so i'll, I'll activate that most mm. of us need a little bit of activation so i just get a little swiss ball he's rolling over it he has to move his hips to find his hips mm. so i'm not going to get into explaining to him how i'm looking at it why he's why he's got those kind of problems there mm. yeah so you got to keep away from that because they, they will get overwhelmed there having said that as they're going along a lot of my students for long-term practitioners of infused wrestling what we call it they want to know this information and we live in an era of information a lot of people you know reading a lot of neuroscience um, a lot of psychology stuff so they're very clued on and they, they're interested in that you know but in when it comes to students and a performance you want to keep it as simple as possible you just need one move what's that then what do you mean one move one move is signature moves yeah. tyson had his left hook and an uppercut do, so, you, do you have one and i will bring chaos to you for you to make mistakes mm. then i will catch you yeah predominantly mm. one or two techniques i i'll stick to but because i've danced i can move around really chaotically mm. you know so i can bring that uh, to you but wrestlers do that generally anyway and perhaps that's one of the key aspects how they get so much success say in mma in ufc mm. you've seen top i think 58 out of 100 day wrestlers now wrestlers doing extremely well and the top bgg player B brazilian jiu-jitsu players they all wrestle now um athleticism you know um signature move some people like to just keep it uh, very simple and the signature moves are often simple but the practice of it is complex because you're going to have to spend a lot of time there. Sometimes it takes people up to five to ten years to get a signature move. You've been wrestling since you were very young. Yes. So you were born in Iran. Iran. Um, and you've been wrestling since you were eight years old, is that right? Yes, that was yeah. when it was introduced to me, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's a, it's a strange thing for me because I don't know many English people who know wrestling you know much more than what they see in films and stuff like films that. or something. their fake stuff wwe yeah your hair and stuff yeah in so Iran, it's, it's, is it do you know there's i national sports many countries they've got i mean wrestling itself is the oldest sports known to man documented in every culture that is possibly you can imagine um you know we've got documents like on the walls of the caves and stuff seventeen thousand years old um Olympic started with one of the four uh, sports it was it was the classical wrestling which is greco-roman um and um freestyle which we allowed to touch the legs greco-roman you're not allowed um yes england is one country before mma and before bgj which was my era i was wrestling you almost had to 
you're not good enough to say I'm a wrestler. They were like, oh, wrestling, that the fake stuff, you know? Yeah. They like, oh, this is a bad conversation. And you had to just be there for like, te- like one hour to try to explain what wrestling is, what it does. Other countries, they have different names. Luta Libre comes up, you know, which What's is across Europe, freestyle wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucha Libre, different pronunciation, uh, or classical, which is Greco-Roman. When you go to USA, it's part of the collegiate system. Everyone knows wrestling because there were the ear guards. Collegiate system is a little bit different point in system. It's safer, although it's more brutal because they come out hard on each other, real heavily. Um, it's a known sport across Europe. They, they will know what you're talking about directly. England, you're precisely right. And interestingly, um, different cultures. You know, when I say my sort of background, say in the working class and stuff, a lot of MMA is quite common. They talk about it a lot. They know about wrestling now. So if I go within the festival crowd, when I say wrestling, they still don't know. Some of them, they do, they say, oh, Olympic stuff. You know, they, they, they got a little bit of education on that side there. Um, but a lot of it, then again, it goes back to, oh, the oh, I love wrestling. Oh, it's really, really entertaining. Like, we're not talking about that. Yeah, not the acting <laughs> stuff. Yes. But times are changing. Also, when they were going to kick out wrestling out of Olympics, that helped be wrestlers come together. A lot of advertising. So we're back now. And... The effect of wrestling within MB, MMA and BJJ success has been amazing. People like Joe Rogan always um, inviting wrestlers in, trying to find out wh- why they got so much resilience in the you know athleticism and stuff. So that inquiry is there. We get in, you know recognized for it. Why did they try and kick wrestling out of the Olympics? Then? There's different rumors. Um, I I actually don't know, but from my Wild guess, uh, my political views is more cost-benefit analysis. I think there's a box of money set behind every decision in the world. So I would, because they changed uh, the color of the mat and that would have been to do with psychology of color. Normally you switch over on TV when you see the yellow, they turn it to blue. Um, it's a bad viewing, isn't it? You know, and um, although the participant wise, I, 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 it got to be one of the most participant sports in the world. Say, um, Mongolia got um, the tournament, one, mil- one million wrestlers enter the tournament. Um, in Turkey, the oil wrestling is, it goes on for seven, seven days, it's a, it's a festival. Uh, Iran got two and a half million junior wrestlers alone, so eight of them make the national team. So how yeah. hard it is for us to actually make that gold medal of Olympics? None of us, most of us, will see. America got um, four and a half million college wrestlers. So um, yeah, so is, is participant-wise is good. Cost-benefit analysis, maybe not. Uh, there is no reward in wrestling. You get a tap on the shoulder, yeah. but arguably. To, according to many people and our data examining it is a harder sport to to experience and paradoxically from outside you don't see someone squeezing your neck and just putting in a bad position trying to off balance you then suddenly you go up in the air you know um so rewards are low but i actually think that's his asset that's 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 the benefit of it because it's amateur sport for the love of it When you first came over to England, when you first, your family moved over in the 80s, mm. um, was it always going to be part of your life that you became a wrestler or did things change when you came over here? Because you're fourth generation of, yeah. of family of wrestlers. Um, well, it was to do with more dad opened up the gym. He, yeah. he, he got involved uh, with a partnership with another person called Mike Toman. 
Universal Health Studio, and uh, part of, it was it was a weight training gym, but they put some uh, judo mats on the side because it was part of you know rituals of uh, my father Palavan wrestling, part of their life they wrestle, mm. uh, you know, because it's part of their social project also. So that's how it gradually started. He formed the team, then I went back, then competing and started again. Yeah. So, um, so you just took straight to it and you. Yeah, my yeah. friends did, a lot of friends. And um, we met a lot of sports people coming in because of the training side of the wrestling. Yeah, so that's, that's where I got um, in, well, back into wrestling. Iran, wrestling is everywhere. You know, especially in northern Iran, you know, say the rooster's got cauliflower ears <laughs> because we get rugby ears <laughs> because it rubs, you know. Um, yeah, but it was rare. It was like we were the only guys in like Bristol were wrestling, you know. Um, many good national, uh, British championships, stuff. so many different, you know, cities are doing it, but it is still very small. Mm. But as I said, majority of my students now, um, I mean, I work in 35 different countries, you know, um, mostly MMA guys, mostly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys that asked me to come to seminars. Time we do a thing called Rock and Rumble, which yes. you were involved, or you still are involved with. I we still, uh, yeah, year, we're still working with every year. We just done a third one. Yeah, so could you tell me how that came about? I saw my name, my personal experience here. Um, I saw my name kept popping up on um, the social media. And I was just watching it, you know, um, see what's going on. Then I noticed they're talking about WWE. But it was further than that because it was about the charity. And I looked online who Tim was. Um, I saw Joe's work, Joe Hook's work, and I fell in love with the work because she's a real deal. I am skeptical a little bit about how charity depth of it works. Does it work or not, including my own social project. But I do believe in you still got to contribute and do your own bit. But I saw her action in northern Malawi is real deal. You're thousands, hundreds of thousands of trees. They train doctors and schools. And that just connects with rituals of Olympic wrestling in Iran, which they call the Palavani wrestling. Because if you reach a certain standard, you go, you've got to give it back to the society, whether as a coach or an athlete. And I was like, I'm attracted to this. As it went along, Dave phoned me up to meet up with me. Dave Nettleton was the guy came up with this idea because he watched um, white collar boxing mm-hmm. and he wanted a little bit of softer approach for uh, a festival crowd, you know? So he thought, okay, maybe wrestling, but he was thinking about WWE. When he spoke to him, I said, Dave, I cannot do WWE because that'd be the death of my career. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is something we don't do. Right. Okay. But I said, I have got an idea. I said, why don't we do beach wrestling roles? or traditional wrestling rules, meaning takedowns only, which is Olympic wrestling, but just as soon as you hit the floor, then it stops, like sumo. Um, so it keeps it simple. We keep on a number, like five different moves only takedown, otherwise that chaos will kick in. Then we get overwhelmed. I need to keep them in them because it'd be too much, and also health and safety of it. And uh, so I said, but I'm happy if you want to keep the, you know, theatrical side of it as long as nothing is they can cut them and stuff because they're going to be wrestling with each other if you've got something hard costumes, yeah, costumes they, yeah. and stuff so we said okay and this year of notice we actually got circus uh plus olympic wrestling take notes but it is 
it is amazing because the the crowd is very close there's really just standing next to the guys are wrestling so you see the interaction the hard work you know right they're being distance there so we started kind of from there then met up with joe tim uh, and i love tim white uh, just his older staff becky olivia stefan all the guys they they just they're just pretty amazing team mm-hmm. so that's the one on from there but my wrestle for humanity has started the idea of it when my father died 2005 that's one of the rest of my mind we said 2005 established but it goes back to my dad's work it goes back to the rituals of iran and the ancient persian stuff it's been around so it's nothing new it's a little bit modernized mm. and we're applying in england because it's like a very different po- the idea of giftism giving mm. giving for the sake of giving holding hand with the stranger of brainy brown that's that idea you know so, yeah how would you how would you describe wrestling for humanity in a in a sentence giving compassion um i think forevermore we live in a society of people are hungry for that compassion but they don't know how to ask for it you know um the idea just giving sharing i believe in redistribution of the money mm. um you know we only need certain amounts even with the data we can argue that with the study of well-being so more than between 40,000 uh, 40, US to 70,000 US, they're the happiest well-being, so-called happy. Happy is a funny word to use, but well-being, we're talking about more satisfaction, personal satisfaction, isn't that? So I believe in that sort of a system there. More than that is abundance. Less than that is a scarcity. Yeah. So um, both got huge problems. Um, so keeping with that, they, so rest of humanity was saying, okay, if I've, if I've made enough, I can, I can share. Mm. That's all it is. It's simple. It's the idea of the giftism, you know, um, which uh, Gandhi's right hand man did walking across India asking people to donate a uh, piece of the one-sixth of the land and uh, he managed to do it, you know, just idea of sharing. And my, my idea, I'm, I'm, I've got humanitarian sort of values. So wrestling is just a tool for me to be able to experience life and share life. Anything that prolongs life, it can be shared for me. So Ressa for Humanity allows me to do that. And I've, I've managed to get a great team together. It is still at the beginning of it. Um, and we're going to go along just to work in. We started in BS5 because that's the school I went to. And I experienced a lot of hardship when I came to the country. You know, um, so what sort of hardship? Tough school. Uh, I mean, my best friend is Carl Berry. He's one of our social scientists, uh, criminology. His own personal experience on the last day in that school, someone got stabbed in the chest. Wow, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was brutally, psychologically, and physically, meaning fighting. I was attacked two, three times a week, easily in school. Uh, no, I, I cannot call it racism because I experienced black, white, brown, you know, every, I was just an outsider. Mm. He doesn't belong to us. Main disconnection, I would say, was the language, not being able to speak. Mm. That's why I'm interested in nonviolence communication about the connection mm. is first, postponing judgment to be able to do that. Um, yeah, so coming over was, was, was very tough. How old That's were you the when you came over? Uh, I was in Germany for... 11 so it's about 12 12 13 
that's a shining years of a sort of a teenager, sort of a teenager wants yeah, to be seen. Yeah. Look at me, how wonderful you start experimenting with your hair and stuff, mm. is which you could make maybe you can call it popularity. It's important for for that age. Mm. I lost all my popularities. Mm. So then we're talking about self-esteem here. And um, I teach self-esteem through my personal narrative of my talk, which is called Ugly Duckling, my talk. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a beautiful <laughs> swan, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, self-esteem dropped. And you can see the importance of the self-esteem because you don't get a sense of belonging. Mm. When you don't get a sense of belonging, you don't come out to get being seen. You know, not exhibitionist, you know, I'm talking about being seen, just getting involvement, interaction. I was disconnected. That's mm. where the disconnection is started there. So you just don't feel good enough. And again, our social project, one of the main key aspects is for people being enough, good enough, you know, which is based on shame work. You know, I'm shy and shame myself. I disconnect myself because constantly people externally tell you you're not good enough. And that's what they told me. You know, you could name any names in a book, derogatory, I was, I was called about my physical appearance. My nose was bigger than my hair and stuff probably at the time <laughs> I was growing. So that was one of the things, you know, my color, they were calling uh, real names and political and correct, but I was called Paki constantly, which I didn't even know what the word meant, what it was like, sure, because I couldn't speak English, but I knew they were laughing at me, <clears throat> getting me to read English in an English class. I mean, I don't know what that teacher was thinking. And yeah. I liked the person. I don't want to mention his name because I know one of his stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe they didn't have a capacity how to deal with someone coming from outside of school. Mm. The teacher didn't have that kind of... A, Just the ignorance, I guess, you know. isn't it? And not knowing sometimes, you know, not knowing. You yeah. know, I don't want to blame and shame anyone for it at a time. Even one of the guys used to bully me. It's like he was a bit of a fight. He wants to fight and stuff. But my wrestling made me survive. I fight because I had to survive. Mm. Don't blame and shame me. I fight. I will, I will do it again. If someone wants to fight me, I'm going to have to defend myself. So we're saying that kid is doing that. Kid is doing that. It's all about the choice. And it's choice which is strongly in our today, today's society, psychology embracing that. But they're forgetting about the social environment there. In a war, you're going to have to fight. I was in a war zone a little bit yeah. because I was outside it. So, and we know the body in terms of biosocial, uh, bio, uh, psychosocial standpoint of view is a resilient machine, is a survival machine, mm -hmm. you know, that you experience them with, you know, then you become on a social mode, then you can enjoy yourself. But I certainly wasn't in a social mode, mm -hmm. which I realized I just managed to be in a state of anxiety for so many years without even realizing that's actually anxiety. You know, and sometimes things go too far. It gives you IBS as I have. You know, as a wrestler, I'm a strong, I'm a get go, I'm Mr. Superman and stuff. Then your, your body starts telling you because body keeps the score. Yeah. Does that make sense? Bringing it back to the child in those schools, you know, us going in there for him to get a little bit of awareness, yeah. a little bit of understanding different cultures. You know, for me to be able to argue with you or disagree with you, I need to first understand you. So postponing judgment is, is, a, is a good idea for me to get to know you first. Okay, Alex is talking about this. Then I come and say, do you know what, Alex? I don't agree with you. Then once I stand on that point, then I'm going to have to give him my reasons. Yeah. Not just because my dad said, so-and-so is that color, they're the enemy, which Zizek will call a theft of joy. 
Said with a beard in a certain area now, it would get categorically thinkers, which most of us are, he belongs to a certain religion. Maybe, maybe not, but my beard is actually fashionable. I like to call it stylish. I always like beard because I like Clint Eastwood because he was a badass. <laughs> he fell and stood up, but you know, yeah. he dealt with things. Otherwise, I like this beard. So now I become fashion, of course, I will fall into that. Oh, you're a hipster. Hipster is the derogatory term itself because you're ju prejudging me. Which yeah. I call a pre-empirical. So yeah. before you actually seeing something, you're deciding what I am. Again, it goes back to my arguments. You asked me beginning of this talk, how does this idea, you know, falls into uh, teaching in a room? It is that relationship. I've got to get to know you first. Do you know what I mean? Getting to know each other, holding a hand with the stranger is not a physical thing. You mean understand the other side a little bit. And this is what's happening, you know, politically. You see people are just constantly against each other. If I refuse something, if I disagree with something, I need to read that book. I need to read around that book. I need to know where that book came from. I need to look into the myths, the anthropology of it even, for me to get a deeper understanding. So let people be overwhelmed with Said because they're lazy. They're lazy not to know sight. We live in a lazy society because it's, everything is instant driven. Why? Because it's based on speed. Mm. Our bodies are overwhelmed with the speed. Then we're not willing to listen to someone or say or interest later on. How do you know when you're starting to succeed with your coaching with someone? What is it that you start to see in them that you're like, right, this is working? You give me one off. of the best answers because <clears throat> these these questions are in me. You you actually get into my head, I think. Because when I'm working with people, sometimes this emotional blockage is so heavy within them. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's, it's hard. We go through a cloudy sort of a period there. I don't know sometimes. Then that gets you in a position of they are which is good to both of us, you know, that the, in that relationship then suddenly pops up. <clears throat> Hence, I believe in uncertainty, uncertainty in terms of not so much faith, you know, I've got, I got hope it's going to happen. Do you know, I'm going to have to go along with it. <clears throat> you know, mm. Martha Luther King said a great thing. If I know tomorrow is gonna, the world is going to end, I'm still going to plant my apple tree. I'm still, go even sometimes it gets really tough with people, you know, working through their struggles and stuff, then I got certain we're going to do at least do your best. So many great coaches out there, so many great athletes out there, but well, we're just praising the winners. My work is about losing, <laughs> you know, because eventually you will lose, you know. You know, say if you capitalize yourself on your beauty, you know, every day that's changing. Mm. If you can embrace that ugly side of it and being able to enjoy that process, then you may come up. So coming back to wrestling side, it's just winners, 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 champions, champions, champions. So is there anything else wrestling can give us? Yeah. So that, that falls back into potentiality. You know, what else can I get out of this? You know, that's why I infuse things. Mm. I bring things together with the ingredients, rub it together, see what will come out of that spark of two things colliding together. So how can someone experience one of your classes or some of your teaching? Teaching is a lot simpler than this. So don't, don't be misled by this talk. Um, I've got a close friend and a personal student over 15 years, Raj Bista. We've started our social project in 
BS5 in the City Academy school. And it used to be called Sanjo School, which was my school. Um, Wednesday nights, uh, 7, 7 p.m. till 8 p.m., that's the um, junior class. After that is the other class till half nine and Sundays. But we are raising money to get 10K to buy our wrestling mats, uh, to have independency, to have wrestling five or six th- uh, nights a week or days, um, as well as having our own competitions. We will have three events next year to be announced. We're yet we are to have, I've, I've got to have some meetings, my partners on that. Some are professional, some will be charity, because the professional side of it is, is important for me to be able to redistribute the money to bring it back to the social project there. Mm. Does that make sense? Because money is the problem here. Why are you doing charity is about the money. Yeah. People avoid that. You know? So that's something we want to really concentrate on. Concentrate on money this year. And uh, the classes, yeah. The idea is to have as many classes as possible because people can't find Said. I get that. People say it to me. <laughs> and isn't that the, the website will be coming on live, you know, so, because I'm concentrating on Bristol at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Esmaili Wrestling is the page on Facebook. They can message me or my personal. I will get back to them. I am busy, but I normally get back to everyone. I, do, I don't miss people. Or Instagram, coach underscore smiley.